Welcome to the Grandstand Golf Podcast. This is the weekend golf update for the American Express, the Abu Dhabi HSBC Championship, and the Diamond Resorts LPGA Tournament of Champions. I'm your host, Adam Baptini. I'm always joined by my brothers, Craig. Hey guys, how we doing? And Kevin. What's up, everybody? So guys, first off, the American Express, where Siwoo Kim took home the win over the charging Patrick Cantley. We'll get to it in a minute, but it seemed pretty obvious to me that C was going to take the win. <laughs> what went wrong with you two? Gavin, yeah. let's hear it. Yeah, well, Adam, you had him as your one and done pick, and I got to commend you for a fantastic <laughs> pick. Um, you know, my pick didn't even make the cut, so you had me. <laughs> you had me no matter what going into the weekend, and I, I figure this win's just gravy. Um, yeah, I mean, he played fantastic, eight under on Sunday. Did what he had to do with with Cantley, you know, posting early. Um, yeah. The putt on seventeen was huge to oh, yeah. to go one up, and then and then he played eighteen uh, flawlessly. So great great performance by him. It's good to see him back in the winner's circle. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts, Craig? Yeah. I mean, well, first off, on the one and done front, I really <laughs> man, I thought answer Abe answer was going to give it a run, uh, and then he just stumbled on Saturday. Uh, he came back and he went low today to get himself a top five, make, a nice make, some, make some money for me. Yeah. Um, but as far as Siwoo, yeah, it uh, some somewhere around the turn, I, I want to say it was maybe ten where Finau made that birdie. I thought it was gonna be Finau and Siwoo Kim who were really, um, you know, out front. Like there, I think there's right. four of them at that point who were sort of a, a couple strokes ahead of everyone else. Um, and I thought it was going to be Finau and Kim up to the up to the finish, uh, but then you know Finau put it in the water. I forget what hole that was, but the par five, On 11, his second yeah. shot, yeah, yeah. Um, and then he never really, never really had signs of life afterwards. And Cantley just kept posting and pull, or like Cantley just kept making birdies. Well, it's um, such a weird course because guys were going super low. And obviously you wanted the more holes remaining, the kind of better chance you had. So you were thinking, okay, it's coming from the final group. It's going to be Siwoo. It's going to be Finau. Um, and, and big numbers were out there, but I can't believe how low Cantley went. Yeah, like, but then the other thing with Cantley posting, I mean, we had spoken on our showdown show going into Sunday that yeah. there was, it looked like there might be wind that really was going to hit the last groups the hardest. So right. at that point, I was like, man, like, could they, you know, 16 with the huge, what is it, the San Andreas Fault running through it, um, <laughs> uh, 17 with that tiny little green, like the wind picks up on those and it can just be killer. But uh, yeah, Siwoo, I, I think there was a bit of wind at that point. Point, but uh, he, he handled it well. He made birdie on the par five, made a huge birdie putt there on 17. And um, I, I think his interview showed a bit more nerves than it looked like he was showing out on the course. Actually, I, I kind of I missed the interview at the end. I, it was uh, dinner time in my household. I had golf on for the. I think I maxed it out. Yeah, so what, what, that happens over the, here sometimes too. You got to rush away. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, golf? it wasn't. Uh, it wasn't too in depth. But I mean, he was just saying, you know, like hard, sl- hard to sleep on the lead. He didn't get much sleep. Um, yeah. He he like he's a English as a second language person, so he he's not exactly eloquent in expressing himself. But you could tell yeah. that uh, he was nervous and he wanted the win badly. He, he had a bit of a um, you know the three year slump narrative going for him. Yeah. Oh, well, man. I mean, look at the fist pump on seventeen, right? You could tell it it was a, a he wanted it. He wanted. It. Mm-hmm. I like the emotion there. And his next two, like after that putt. 
the next two ball strikes, like right down the middle with the three wood off the tee on 18, and then that well, nine iron-ish, something like that, into the green, just super rock solid. That yeah. Pretty easy two putt after that. Yeah, I, I think I don't know if I'm getting this right, but it kind of re- reminded me of Payne Stewart. Like he had that famous, like he kind of stepped and then like punch as the fist bump. It wasn't yeah, a typical. Yeah, yeah. Like he kind of like did a I, punch. I want to say U.S. Open, maybe. Yeah, that yeah. Was US Open, yeah. yeah, U.S. Open. See, I, I'm surprised to hear that with the interview because he, like, I okay, I was super nervous of Sue. I mean, I, I backed him. He was my pick. I kind of planted my flag. Um, not necessarily the best reputation for putting. And he had all these five, four or five footers to kind of clean up his birdies. Like he was hitting the ball really well, but it did not seem like nerves were at all part of the story for him coming down the stretch with hard holes, with sand, with water. I mean, any of it. So I'd just like to pivot for a second back to Cantley. So this is the tournament that um, David Duvall famously shot a 59 to win. 59 on Sunday to win. So Cantley today shot a 61. Yeah. Um, of course, if he had shot a 59, he would have beat Siwoo by one. Now, I mean, you're thinking, what the guy shot 61. Like, what do you want from him? Well, on a his 59. back nine. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> he shot a 30 front. And on his back nine, on he, he had six birdies. Sorry, five birdies. And two of the two of the holes, 12 and 14 on 12... He had an 11 foot birdie putt and on 14 he had a five foot birdie putt. So like, and both those, he just burned the lip. This easily could have been a historic 59 for Canley. He played incredible. It, it seemed like when I was, when I was watching him that, I mean, he couldn't miss. He was putting it exactly where he had to put it on every hole. Well, the um, other thing to think back to is, uh, you know, he was posting, he, he made the cut on the number and he posted on yeah. Saturday, but he posted, I want to say seven under while he put one out of bounds on his second, on his 17th hole, which was the eighth <laughs> hole. So like he doesn't hit that one out of bounds and that's, that's his true. two that strokes. Into the you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and he did it Saturday, Sunday, no Eagle. So it was, it's just like the amount of birdies he got. Birdies. <laughs> Um, but uh, I do think I do think that David Duvall was on a different course. I think Cantley beat Answers sixty three. I want to say for the course. Oh, Answers was sixty two last year. Sixty two. So I mean, it. yeah, yeah. I guess a fifty nine, quote unquote, was out there. But I don't know if we'll. I don't know if there's many fifty nines ever in that. Anyway, course. Anyway, I'm more just. It was an incredible round he played today, and it it almost felt like sixty one was as high as he could have shot. You know, as as crazy as that sounds. Um, and he, the putts that he was making were like these downhill, had to start outside the cup. Yeah, he, was playing, he just goes, played so rock solid. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think we're, you know, in terms of, okay, so projecting forward, I think we're going to see, or I, I hope we see Cantley in some of the big tournaments we have this year. I hope this is like a, a bit of a momentum builder because, um, you know, he won the Zozo. That was before the masters he played decently i want to say he was top 20 but not never really in contention so. at the masters um but he's someone who who you know he needs to uh hang a major win up there uh, i mean he's so. my boy he's my boy i know he's I was, your boy I, clearly he's your boy because the one time i pick him in one and done he decides to take sunday off because he's your boy <laughs> 
he pulls through when for me all the time. Well, um, so it, with this with this fifty nine narrative, Kevin, are you trying to maintain that Cantley's a choker? Is no, are you saying like I'm not listen, going out there? Listen, uh, that is a complete misrepresentation. What I said because it was at the Shriners, I picked him for one and done. He was in the final group and he he didn't have a good Sunday. It was. And, a bit, and yeah. what I said was that these are the ones that you expect a guy like Cantley to yeah, for sure. to at least push the lead, if not win. And he he fell back that day and. Um, he's. This is exactly what we've ex- like grown to expect yeah. from him. He's he's that good that he can. I, he can go I think it do does show like though. Uh, you know the score you put up. Like it does show how hard it is to lead. Like to yeah. hold. The, like I think it's so much easier to charge than it is to oh, lead. Yeah. So okay, talking about holding a lead and our boys. Yeah. The next guy I think we need to <sighs> talk. To, we 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 touched on him. Tony Fino. I, I was setting up the segue. <laughs> That's a great segue. Yeah, Started I, out. I mean, two two birdies in this first two. Kevin. I mean, your boy. I know my boy. He he was in the driver's seat there. Minus so this 17. is Tony Finau. If anyone yeah. is not clear who we're talking about, yeah, Tony Finau. Um, he's minus seventeen when uh, Homa and, and um, Siwoo were were both still sitting at minus fifteen. Right. Um, it looked like it was it was his to go out and get, and he just didn't. You know, he made one more birdie. I think on the front, he missed a, a short birdie putt somewhere along the way there. Um, and then you were saying he hit it in the water on the par five there. Well, he still had a, a three footer. Still had a chance for yeah. par, which wasn't you know it's not the result he's looking for on that hole, but it, that keeps him in the keeps him in the contest. Um, by making a bogey there, I think that dropped him three back of Siwoo at the time. Um, and but then, and then he, he also bogeyed fourteen. He bogeyed with fourteen. Like a sloppy little um, failed to get up and down. He just it was yeah. just another another disappointing Sunday for for Tony. Um you know, you you think the law of averages will have him grab one of these things, but it just hasn't been working out for him. I mean, he's still yeah, a boy. Yeah, I mean, he, but... he shot 68. It's not like he blew yeah. up, but no. uh I think he had to think with how packed it was both at at 15 with the three of them but then with all the people too who were within a couple strokes of the lead you you kind of felt you had to go out there and, and post something in the 20s to to win this yeah like and you, i mean you, I, I it know, never really felt like 68 for Finau was going to take it down today no and and i know on your guys live show last night you were talking about 21 being the number you thought might take it um and i you know, I, I was inclined to agree with that. These guys took it a little bit deeper, but you know, I don't think 19 was ever going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Really. There's too many guys too close to that lead that, that it was going to, someone was going to take it deep. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I feel like I keep hearing even from the announcers now that like Tony has this on his mind that he's not a closer. He, this, this label has been put on him. I mean, what do you guys think? Is it fair or is it unfair? At this like, it's really, really, effing hard to win on the pga tour and he is constantly in top tens or top fives but he doesn't have as like it, it's kind of a weird situation he's in because he's super talented and that's the reason people are on him yeah i mean i honestly i don't think i i think the label kind of fits until he wins i hate to say it um but you there's there's some of these guys that once they get there within sniffing range of a win they 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 step up their game and they they take their swings and, yeah. and try to you know try to close it and Finau just doesn't really seem to be that guy and it's not like he's on Sunday 
just missing. You know, he he missed by four shots today. It, well, so that's where like there because there's been a couple playoff losses that he's had. That's that's to, true to Webb yep. and to Xander. That like those ones, it felt like he got beat by someone that. You know, like just played better yeah, I than mean, he did. And it's a mix, but the problem is he's around the lead. Like, I'm just, those are just ones where he was in the lead. But he's one of these guys that okay, he needs to be the one charging every once in a while. You know, like if if it just doesn't feel like like you know, whenever I think of him charging, it's like Friday morning or mm-hmm. or yeah. you know, posting yeah. like getting out of the gates early. Like it never really feels like he's charging up the leaderboard to put pressure on someone. Late in tournaments. To me, it almost feels like he needs to get a win by like five or six. And like really like just run away from a tournament, get some confidence back, and then you'll win that one where you need to birdie 18, you know? Like, because I, I think there is a little bit of that, especially on the greens, just yeah. he, missed, he missed two putts within four feet, I think. Two birdie yeah. putts. And, and yeah. that's what I was going to say is like, especially on the greens, like it feels like some guys, they're willing to go down swinging on the greens. Like they're willing to take, like try to make putts and and run them by like whereas if i don't know this, this, i think this is just my my um perception of it but it feels like it's just kind of like sometimes he's try, trying to be too cute and then they end up lagging up there on putts that like you really just need to give those things a, a chance and hammer them in you know yeah yeah um well i mean my whole thing about taking fino as as my boy this year is because i i wanted him I thought he was going to take the next step and get himself into the winner's circle and then maybe they, more wins would follow and he'd, and he'd kind of go from the guy who's the perennial top 10 guy to a guy who's winning, uh, you know, yeah. not, maybe not week in, week out, but he's winning, you know, and he, I, I was hoping he could get a few wins this year and unfortunately it's kind of been more of the same. So mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, early. It's, it's, it's early. It's really early. early. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, he's playing good golf on obviously that's to the get, thing. like he's still to get in these positions. Top, so a, a fourth or a top five or wherever he finished up, it's still an amazing yeah. four mm-hmm. rounds of golf, like all under 68. His I high round is a 68 on the week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, so I don't know. It's, it seems, yeah, it's a story that will continue until he gets, but unfortunately it's also golf, like golf, is written with wins it's not mm-hmm. it's not one of these things where you get a lot of good finishes and then at the end of the year you're the top one you know um you need to go out there and you need to get wins for when you're looking back on, on these and, and also the way the payout structure is that you, these guys are compensated I mean, to win they're not i mean kisner disagrees I think but. They, they, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure Fino's doing okay well, no, third, but like, but like even even though they're doing okay like it it the difference between a win and a top five, it's it's significant. Trust me, I got a, a tied for fifth here in my one and done, and <laughs> the, the money falls off quickly. Yeah. Um, okay, so one, we're talking about that the pack of four. Sorry, is that on female? Yeah, or? No, no, that's I was gonna I was gonna say the same thing. So the the pack of four, it was at the turn. Uh, Siwoo and Finau just finished. It was Siwoo, Cantley, Finau, and Cam Davis was one back. Yeah, like extremely talented Australian. What'd you guys think of him kind of charging? Speaking of a guy who did not leave putt short, he seemed to get like ram those in. Well, uh, so he's someone we talk about a lot on our DFS shows because (laughs) I think we uh, both have crushes on him a little bit. We both have crushes on him, but I've been, I've been pumping the brakes on him a bit just because, you know, he had that ugly weekend in Houston. um, And then it just feels he's one of these guys that it's felt like, for quite a few tournaments in a row, he's had that one round or that one nine that's really kept him from 
you know, actually competing in the tournament. Um, but he'll he'll always go out there and he'll. It seems like he'll always post a, a crazy round um, yeah. or a crazy stretch of holes. And so I, I think to me, like, yeah, he did. He had a top ten. I forget where it was. Maybe Sanderson. Um, yeah, that's one of the one of those fall tournaments, but uh, the best results on the PGA Tour, and you know, I, th- I think we're seeing someone who is knocking on the door of that first win. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if a win came this year for for Cam Davis. Yeah, I uh, honestly I haven't had too much exposure to him from what I saw uh, this week. It, he, I mean, obviously he's very very talented. Um, His ball striking is just unreal. Yeah, he seems quite animated, which I know has. Um, has been an observation people have made in the past so um yeah i i wouldn't be surprised how old is he he's, 24, I, think, I think yeah under 25 i want to say yeah so um i mean he's one of these guys he's obviously he's obviously got the talent he's he's knocking on the door already so he's like next gen adam scott to me <laughs> tall Maybe handsome not cool, and a swing that i would <laughs> swing i would do a lot of things to get out. i don't know if the eyes are quite as dreamy but oh uh, Sung J M was kind of our outright leader after Saturday or on Saturday, and for a while it looked like he might run away with this. Thing. And I was kind of checking my DFS lines, like, oh man, I only have like fifteen percent Sung J. Like, what was I thinking? I love Sung J. He got a faded and just was never kind of seen again. And I think I had a decent Sunday. Yeah, seventy three Saturday, sixty nine Sunday. So faded on the weekend a little bit, but um... he had he had that um, that I want to say it was the ninth hole where he drove it in the drove it in the water dropped it yeah. in the hazard or like in the bunker tried to take a hybrid that he wasn't going to get to the green anyways and just flared it out into the water and um trevor immelman on the broadcast was pretty critical and his caddy was trying to talk him out of it at the time and it was one of those ones where what is he 21 years old it was a little bit of i, I think that uh that youth and and inexperience showing um because the, it, there's it's a risk reward, but the reward is not worth it. And, and the risk came to Speak, play. Speaking of that, doubling back for a second, how about Siwoo's driver off the deck today? How many caddies would have pulled him back and been like, whoa, you have the lead right now, Siwoo. Like, we're not going driver off the deck. And there was trouble left, right? I think it was on 16. I think it was trouble left. Trouble um, everywhere on 16. Right? <laughs> no, it was, it, was, it was the par five earlier. Oh, it was, was it? the one. Was it, it was the one where because right afterwards, Finau hit in the water. I think. Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds about about right. He was two because it was away, it was so. the the one on sixteen was when he had the long wait and then Homa put it over the back. Um, right, and I think he and, pulled and, back and to then, five maybe or. Yeah, I don't know what he was planning to hit, but he he then hit the shorter club, and that actually that bounce. Um, mm-hmm. that thing could have kicked left. I, I feel like watching throughout the week, we saw quite a few of those take that first bounce and, and fall into the into that deep, deep bunker. Yeah, and that 20-foot bunker. Yeah. It's right off the cliff. I was, uh, I was watching the, the end of that with, uh, with my wife here, and I think it was, was it Cam Davis who, who went down there? Yeah, he um, was in there. And I was like, yeah, that's, if I hit it down there, I'd probably just pick up my ball and take an X and <laughs> <laughs> that would be that hole for me. And <laughs> I'd take two swipes with my 16 and be like, ah, you guys are already done. Hey, on the green, I'll, I'll see you on 17. Oh, you guys are crazy. I'd just get it up and down. <laughs> uh, no problem, man. Uh, <laughs> we take a peek um, and Kevin is throwing it up. <laughs> yeah. I never said how I'd get it up and down. <laughs> 
Uh, so Abe Answer I brought up, but uh, yeah, a good tournament. Like again, he's another one who doesn't have a win on the PGA Tour, and and really it was just that Saturday that held him back. Yeah, yeah. It, again, another guy. I feel like I'm saying this about a lot of guys, but it, it feels like one's coming. It, yeah, he is and, really and the well. trouble I think with him is that I don't think he's one of these guys that can go and win on any court. I mean. He's not. It's not like he's super short, but I think he's one of these people who is going to get his win on one of these courses like yep. this, where I you don't just agree. need to overpower it. Yeah, um, and more so, of a second shot golf course. Yeah, yeah and I think he's a second shot player. Yeah, um, but yeah, last one or one of the last ones we got to address here, Max Homa. Kevin, I, I know it hurts because <laughs> I know it hurts because you had a, a nice outright on him, and yeah, I you know I was going to touch on that a little later, um, but Let, you know let's leave it then. If, yeah, if you want to, I mean, I, I honestly, I just I just feel disappointed for him. Obviously, he was looking for something different from today, um, and I I hope that this does you know that he he learns from this and and uh you know it just makes him a better player moving forward because it's just a disappointing day for him you know yeah um he seems like a really good guy you hate to see it happen yeah i think romax home is fans and and so it's it's yeah you hate to see it for the time that he actually gets to be on the broadcast here and uh yeah and yeah it is kind of painful when they're running out of holes and they need to show everyone in the final groups and know that one guy is having the bad day and yeah like you can tell like they're just struggling. They're trying to scramble. Then they miss their par putt, and they like dejectedly like just tap in their bogey. And although I, I feel like they make like, I think that it would be better if they normalized that a bit because the way they like they so they they'll stop showing. Like, it felt like for maybe the last two or three holes that the leaders were playing. They they essentially were trying to fill airtime with like a bunch of like I don't know how many times I saw the replay of Siwoo cheering after making his putt on seventeen. But like and meanwhile we're not watching the drives of Finau or Homa on eighteen right. or I mean I, I think we saw Homa's second shot, but like that, I think that's the perfect time. Like they they try to pump up the FedEx Cup thing all the time. And like I think that's the perfect time to emphasize like finishing positions and they did they did mention it briefly when homo was going to make his chip on 18 but like mm-hmm. and this is where you know kevin and i have have gotten into f1 over the past covid times um and they do such a good job of making the battle for eight and nine is as intense as yeah. the battle for who's going to win the race. And I, I think that's probably one of the more places, intense, really more intense oftentimes. And that's one of the places that golf and golf broadcasting just really fails in. Yeah. Like there is tons of drama for all of these guys throughout the entirety of the tournament, but they yeah. just don't do a good job of the drama. That. Isn't the best drama isn't always for the, for the win, you know, like, mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of other storylines happening, taking place that they kind of just gloss over or don't touch on at all. So there's definitely opportunities for them to change that. And, you know, hopefully with the with the new uh, contract that's coming up, the new broadcasting contract. It, yeah, well, I mean, the other weird thing with golf as a broadcast sport in general is just by the nature of it, it is a highlight reel. Well, every other sport, you're seeing kind of the full game or the full match or everything. But yeah. with golf... They have this field of 140 players and they're showing either the best players in featured groups or the best shots or the leaders or the guys playing the best, you know? But at the same time, I think, so say 
you know, with like the the exemption thing or the FedEx Cup thing yeah. or, or even cuts, like I think think about NFL red zone. They'll cut to, you know, if we're talking about highlight reels, they'll cut to a, oh, yeah, like here's so-and-so on the four-yard line. But they'll be like, here's the two big plays that got them to this point. So, like, right, right, you know, right. oftentimes on golf broadcasts, you'll be like, oh, you know, like he has this putt to get this exemption into next week or to have, you know, exemptions into future tournaments or something. But, like, okay, sweet, this putt. But, like, maybe show me four good shots he's hit today so I don't see him miss this putt and think this guy sucks at golf when really he's been grinding out there all day, you know? Is that like, what you think generally when you see PGA Tour players <laughs> miss putts? Oh, like this, this guy, guy just sucks. missed an eight-footer, what a bum, you know? But like, but there are other, there is other golf that we can see from that, not just the, the one putt and the one sentence you've given us. I mean, the other thing too is like... <laughs> Buy Data Golf's like cut line projections on Friday. Put it on your broadcast. You're like, hey, it's a forty percent chance it's actually going to move to minus five. So he actually needs to go for an eagle here on his last hole rather than a birdie. But if like, although I did yeah. notice this week that they actually did project out from where it was One that we spot, expected. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, which hey, they're making <laughs> baby steps, progress. baby steps, progress, yeah. progress. baby steps. Okay, before we move on, anyone else on the leaderboard uh, we want to talk about? I don't Last think there's one. anybody that we won't touch on later. No, I, I want to get one more here. Gary Woodland, uh, he finished tied for 18th. Um, oh, no, sorry, tied for 16th it ended up here. Um I was just reading about him. So he he's been dealing with a hip injury. Uh, first, I think first round he set or first tournament he's played without pain in almost a year, um, if it. not a year. Uh, he elected to not have surgery um, or to, or you know take time off to rest. But then from December, I think early December was the last time he played somewhere around there, um, and had been on a rehab regime and. It's the first time I think he said he walked 18 holes um, was wow. this week. And so he wow. just said it was like just felt great physically. So, uh, you know, he's someone we had mentioned on our, our potential uh, 2021 bounce back uh, yeah. candidates. Back. Yeah. And uh, I, I just think he's a golfer that I like to watch. I like his game. I, I you know, I, I think he's an entertaining guy. So um, I think it's also you always cheer for these guys to be able to go out there and do their best and not be injured. So hopefully... Yeah the you know the hip holds up and and he's able to continue to to practice and and you know make the progress yeah. really nice to see i mm-hmm. i easy got a cheer for i think yeah oh yeah he he uh i hit him at 80 to 1 for the u.s open that year so always been a fan <laughs> <laughs> they always hold a soft spot in your heart after that you dirty you gotcha. dog you i didn't know about that one. Oh yeah wow all right time to move on yeah let's do it Three stars of the week. My third star is Patrick Cantley. Almost got it done. If he would have got Kevin's 59, he would have, I mean, had a place in the Hall of Fame with that scorecard. I don't know. It would have been something kind of magical, but he didn't. He got the course record 61. Uh, One interesting fact that I did hear at one point on the broadcast, I want to say around 16, 17, 18, um, that he had made 22 one putts in his last 31 holes. Wow. Just an absurd, absurd percentage. <laughs> As you kind of, I mean, we're talking about before, Kevin, it's it's crazy, his putter. Yeah. And he left a few out there. <laughs> <laughs> he left a few out there. <laughs> I only I, say I, that because, he, like, the way he was making them, he, it looked like he was going to make them all. Come on, Patty. 
Get it done in Tory Pines, maybe. All right, second start. I, I, I was looking up his strokes gained uh, for both Saturday and Sunday at one point today, and it's just like dark green all the way across. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, he's just lit it up the last couple of days. The best we've seen in many, many, many tournaments, probably. Yeah. Second star going across to the Middle East, Terrell Hatton. Guys, 14 months. If we go back 14 months, he's had four worldwide wins. He's had three of them Rolex, so the Turkish Airlines Open. He came over, won the Arnold Palmer Invitational, went back, BMW PGA Championship, another Rolex series, and then the Abu Dhabi HSBC outlasted Rory, or I, kind of, I mean, kind of surged past Rory yeah. a little bit, um, and took home his Yeah, I wouldn't even say outlasted, because I think if they were playing longer, I think you just would have continued <laughs> yeah. to outlast him. <laughs> yeah. A very, very hard broadcast for us to reach on the West Coast here in North America, but... Um, another guy I think is right up in the, who we like to cheer for. Yeah. yeah and I mean, we're going to see him move up. You know, we were talking about him moving into the top 10. He, I think he could potentially break the top five after this win. Um, just, yeah, I, I mean, another thing I think I saw was that, uh, this ties him with Rom for the most Rolex series wins ever. Uh, wow. so I mean, just over the last like what three years, he's just exploded onto the scene and um, completely and big yeah. events too. Like it's he's not yeah. just picking up these little events. Yeah, uh, and then field. also pro- probably starting the funniest golf video I've seen in years: the Angry Golfers. Did you guys watch that? I didn't uh, see that one. I, I see started that, to watch no. it, but I, I didn't. I couldn't put sound on because it was uh, just the time of day, day it was. So I haven't actually watched the full thing oh, yet. But uh, guys, it yeah, is no, good. it looks it looks good. I was watching it with captions <laughs> on the bottom, and I was like, no, well, I need to, I need to watch this with uh... all our listeners. Head over to YouTube, go to our channel, subscribe, then go over to the European Tour <laughs> channel. <laughs> well, they put out some of the best content weekly. They have this kind of like alternate club or like some kind it is of unreal how much better than pga uh tour yeah, content they, the european their tour content's is. really good it's pre- it's really entertaining and i mean these guys i mean stenson polter pepperell eddie pepperell was there thomas peters had a little cameo um matt wallace they are like good kind of deadpan actors they oh guys check it out it's good it's will good. do will do Okay, first star, obviously, Siwoo Kim. Uh, okay, one, inter- okay, obviously, he, he was my pick. One and done, blah, blah, blah. Adam nailed it. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a, a stat I got on Twitter. Uh, I believe his name is Justin Ray. I think he's with the PGA Tour. Um, he said, over the past 40 years, these are the international players who have won three PGA Tour wins before their 26th birthday. So 25 or younger over the past 40 years. Here's the list. Rory, Sergio, Hideki, Don Rom, Adam Scott, Siwoo Kim. Yeah. Wait. Sorry, international players or international players oh. who've come over to the PGA and got three wins, twenty-five or younger. That is a pretty stellar list. I suspect yeah, there's know, someone at least that will be added to that. Um, in Are you Victor, talking about Victor Sanjay? Like, come on. No, I was going to say Victor Hovland. Well, listen, let's... Because he's at two now, right? Craig, Craig's here trying to shoehorn a Victor Hovland take in again. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's stick with Siwoo for a second. Um, I, they said multiple times on the broadcast, so he's 25. This is his seventh year on the PGA Tour. That's crazy. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> and he... Three wins already. I mean, he's 25. Like, the guy's got his whole career in front of him still, 
really. So and exemptions up. I think players gives you five years. So he's, I mean, yeah, he'll well, have his card for. For I mean, wins help. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, really, like he's it's sky's the limit for him at this point. The way he strikes the ball, um, and his fearless mentality, like it, he could he could start notching him up pretty quick. Yeah, I was but actually I do doing some research on this because, and I think Siwoo Kim's another good example, but I I think that, you know, the American players seem to be taking the college route. And, you know, with Akshay Batia deciding to go pro instead, um, it, it has challenged that a bit. But I think there's so many of these international players that they're spending those years that these these American players are spending in college learning how to win at the pro level. Yeah, and, I um, Either like I, I think Japan, there's a lot of arguments Australia, you can make in golf. That, well, maybe, that, but it also, it, you know, it seemed to do Colin Morikawa pretty fine to go. Well, that and, and that's the thing you can you can you can um, you can find examples on both sides of that. I yeah. think, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I, I do I agree. Just, though I think that list will get quite a bit longer, almost pretty quickly, just because players are getting better, younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think agree. there's going to be more and more people who are not, you know, maybe they'll go to college, but maybe more like the you know, Jordan Wolf. Spieth, Matt Wolf, where they're they're going to turn pro after a year or a couple of years. Yeah, and this yeah. rack up wins. Yeah, but I mean, way to go! I mean, who deserves more congratulations here, Adam or Siwoo? Either way, <laughs> congratulations, guys! Uh, it's it's really a first star week. Yeah. You might as well say I mean, first star. Like Adam slash second. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, guys. So, so Adam, more, I guess more, the more. thing last time you nailed a pick, it was your sleeper with Carlos Ortiz. Did you take your pick in any outright this time? Or? Okay, how about we move on? Let's move on to our DFS pick segment. Uh, first off, let's go with our uh, pick sheet. I post this on Twitter on Wednesday. You can see our winner, sleeper, fade, top Canadian, and one and done. So, yes, of course, I had Siwoo Kim as my winner, as my one and done. I bet him at 50 to 1. My wife asked me how much. I said, you know, I don't have much in the account right now. So <laughs> it's, I, about I, building I, the, it's about building the balance. Yeah, right? you got to build thought, that bankroll somehow. I thought you'd appreciate me using the cents, not dollars, the cents I had left to build it back up <laughs> rather than redeposit and just start spending money like I had this money. Anyways, the, <laughs> the meal I got at McDonald's yesterday was more expensive than the the way i got with <laughs> hey 50 to one's 50 to one all right 50, but i have money back in the account and we're just gonna ride we're gonna continue to yeah. ride that okay man i'm all about going down to grind the micro stakes i don't want to refill <laughs> if i can avoid it <laughs> so going down our pick sheet i mean yeah so 50 to one see kim winner uh craig i think you got a, a great sleeper here molinari 100 to one a t8 um Quick thoughts there. Yeah, well, I think so. Yeah, we're going to get into we'll, him a we'll little bit more in the stock up, stock down. But uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think he's someone that I don't think we'll be finding him at 100 to 1 for a whole, mo- whole lot longer. The other thing that I think is really cool, I don't think we've ever had this, is all three of our fades. We, I mean, we like to go close to the sun here. We like to go as high as we can. Miss the cut. Yeah. Yeah. I got Kevin Naw. Craig, you got Cameron Champ. Kevin, you got Brooks Kepka. I think Brooks is the biggest name there. So, Kevin. Well, I mean, I'll, why, I'll, why I'll take it. This it's it's the only victory I'm going to have this week as far as picks go. So I'll <laughs> I'll take that one. Um, yeah, all big names there though, and yeah, I mean, 
It's good foresight. Just, just on, didn't feel Brooks this week. Just, yeah, I know, well, but I mean, it's not a major Brooks. I don't know what he was even doing there. I thought he'd be at the other <laughs> desert. Um, yeah, I think some he's going to get his steps in in, before. In yeah, Abu Dhabi in, probably would have been a better week for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Brooks never seems to really get up for these types of events. So, um, I he was he was one of the I think top two or three. In the uh, yeah, as a betting wrong one out. He would have been yeah, shortest two or three. Yeah, yeah. So no, nothing really to note with our top Canadian. And then one and done update. I surged past. I got the one point two million from Siu. I'm at two point five now. Kevin yeah. with a miscut from Sam Burns is still yet Stuck to reach at two 1. million. One point nine nine. Yeah. Yeah, Kevin, you've been riding your laurels. I was saying a win can do a lot to to shuffle this thing around. <laughs> yeah. But, well, you know, yeah. like I said last week, I, I thought maybe the only thing that was different is that I had already used my DJ pick. Um, <laughs> Listen, you know. Listen, you still got Siwoo Kim. Though, you got Siwoo. So. I still got Siwoo, and he's just on fire right now. So I'll probably just <laughs> ride him into next week. There. Uh, no, you know Sam Burns. I I liked the pick. Obviously, did not like the first round seventy seven um, yeah. on the on the Nicholas course. Nonetheless, he came back and fired a six under on the Stadium course. So, you know, I, I felt like that that kind of justified my pick. He was never going to make the cut, being five over after. Uh, after thursday but um yeah yeah it wasn't it wasn't a bad pick i i took the hit in dfs too i i had i had some sam burns he had to fire at cantley on sunday and he just didn't he didn't have that (laughs) he didn't have that he needed a 59 and (laughs) (laughs) and craig a banser got you quarter million and you are over a million for the season long way to go done race you know craig he mentioned earlier in the show here that uh he noticed how fast it falls off when you're in the top five. I'm happy that you got to experience that, Craig. <laughs> I don't know if you've been up in that range yet. That's that's usually where Adam and I are looking. But uh, it's, I'm trying it's nice. to think. I'm trying to think. I don't know if I have. I had one other decent cash, but man, it just feels like everyone's been missing. I'll, I'll take a fifth. I'll take. I'll take a time. Oh, every well, one of your it picks feels is like missing. I've been picking guys, and then like the next week they go out and win, or like I'll pick someone who hasn't yeah. been outside the top ten, and they'll miss a cut or whatever it is. You know, <laughs> long year. We've got a lot of majors left. Yeah, a lot of money to trust be won. the process. Trust, trust the process. process. Okay, let's get into it. Good bets, bad bets, red bets, green bets. Kevin, we teased it a little bit off the start there. Tell us about. Tell us about the weekend. Tell us about Sunday. Yeah, well, this was a, a week of loser bets for me. I was pretty much lost <laughs> across the board. I had a little bit of exposure to uh, Justin Rose at the Abu Dhabi tournament. Um, did not that pan out That surprises me. me. Yeah, I, I think well, it was one listen, where he just wanted to chance, hit on it, right? so he could Never told you so fan. to me. <laughs> you, guys are always, you guys are always telling me how great Justin Rose is, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to give him a shot here. And <laughs> he didn't do anything to change my opinion. Um I, I rode my I rode my sleeper Redman and and my one and done Sam Burns, um, and then you know I was joking with you guys if I could choose the same sleeper every week I would choose Max Homa <laughs> who's I feel like could is always kind of ready to pop, um, you know I was loving the pick going into Sunday he, I had him at 125 to one to win did you and I did also you ever check him, out the cash out? Uh, I did not. This was on a different site than. Oh, okay. You didn't uh, get the cash use. out offers. Yeah. So, and then I also had him at at uh, four to one to top twenty. So, um, unfortunately, with his bogey on eighteen, he dropped out of the top twenty. 
uh, to, for, to finish T21 to kind of <laughs> just run a little salt knife. <laughs> but you know what? Honestly, it is what it is. Um, you I, feel like Max Homa probably feels a lot worse than you do. Yeah, you know, it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna gripe about it. I I feel for the guy. I really, I really am a fan of his, and I think he's a. He seems like a really good dude. Um, and I, I like I say, I just hope that he uses this as motivation and and fuel to kind of get better and, um, you know, make make Sundays a positive in the future instead of what yeah. will be a negative for a little bit for him. So, um, yeah, I hope I hope he's doing all right with it. I mean, okay. Siwoo, 51, green bet. I'm back in the green. I have money in my account. I feel good about that one. But Craig, I'm going to kind of, I'm going to segue over to you for a sec here. Good bets. Our DFS pick show on YouTube. We've had three PGA tournaments this year and twice we've picked both the winner and the runner up. We went Harris English and Neiman to start the year. Now we got Siwoo and we got Cantley. It's a and good start I'm, to the year. Honestly, I feel like we would have picked Cam Davis too, but we just pick him every week. So like at some <laughs> point we have to diversify. <laughs> so I, I'm struggling to understand with all these awesome picks you're making how there's no money in your account. Well, this so, is DFS. Okay, well, the DFS oh, account, account I think is doing fine. <laughs> I see, I see. This is DFS and you pretty much have to have the top six. Or you have to have six guys in the top ten to... Yeah, it actually like our typical picks. It was a pretty good week. I I, I didn't. It was a, a slaughter when it came to getting six of six through. Um, and I ended up I ended up under uh you know losing, but I I still ended up recovering more than I expected to with how bad my my percentage of of um you know lineups getting through. But I think that was just because you know like I had. Decent exposure to Gim, Paul Casey, Molinari, Answer, Finau. Um, Pat Reed killed me. Um, there was someone else who missed the cut who who killed me. Uh, Burns was wasn't a good one, but oh, the other one. Yeah, I'll, I'll get into him in a bit. But uh, Doc Redmond, he made the cut, but he just had a a, a weekend to forget. Yeah, and, and I mean, just quickly, Kevin. So in DFS, I got five six through, but I had Cantley, Siwoo, Cam Davis. And I still only got 411th in a tournament of 58,000. So, like, I mean, great, like top 0.1%, I think, but it's a double money kind of situation. Right, it's, right. It's, if you I'm need not to get your sixth with... through, and then you need yeah. to do well. Right. Yeah. And, okay, so if we're moving on from that, we, we started a new little league with the start of the European Tour. It's the Race to Dubai Fantasy League. I hope you guys are in it. Um, it seemed pretty chalky with everyone going Rory McIlroy as a captain, but our leader right now is LTF. I believe it's Lewis Fairley. Went with only person to have uh, Terrell Hatton as a captain, so off to a yeah. lead. Although I, I have to say... People need to be more afraid than I think they are of, I don't know the team name, but Heather Bapti is lurking Grandstand down there. Grandstand Grandma. Grandstand Grandma. Heather Bapti um, is so a shark. If, if you need a little context, what, it's been four years maybe since we introduced her to fantasy football. Um, <laughs> she's that, got, was this the fourth or fifth year? But regardless, she's got like two or three championships. Has been in probably the championship game every year since. One one year she missed a championship. She lost in the semis and cleaned up the the bronze medal match. 
She's like the she, Bill she, Russell of like. Yeah, she's she's a shark when it comes to fantasy football, and she learned that pretty quick. So I'm yeah. feeling like it won't take her long to to. She's gonna be dri- diving deep into the Sammy Valamakis and <laughs> yeah. goes pretty quickly here. Her lineup. She, pretty- all she's trying to figure out now is how did she miss on Jason Scrivener? <laughs> yeah. Should have seen this. <laughs> Mom's gonna be trying to figure out how she can get a Sky Sports like <laughs> subscription, and she's gonna be up all night. <laughs> okay, guys, let's move on. Stock up, stock down. Craig, let's start off. Who do you got moving up? Okay, so we spoke on him at length. Uh, Cameron Davis to me is moving up. I've been a little bit hard on him, uh, and. I, d- I might have actually kept him out of my week-long DFS pool. Uh, I did play him a bunch in showdowns, but essentially I, I've been making the argument that we keep seeing him missing uh, you know, one round a week. We saw an ugly Houston Open uh, where he just absolutely blew up on the weekend. Uh, his ball striking has been awesome for a while, but it's really been putting together a tournament. Um, right. And we saw him do it. I am going to, you know, uh, I'm I'm not going to be shying away from from playing him in DFS. Uh, I think it's, I don't think this is an aberration. I think we're going to see him up here a lot more. Um, obviously, I don't think it's going to be a top five or a top three every week. But I, I, I think, I think it's almost sort of that breakthrough contention that he's going to need to to take it to the next level. I thought I thought you're going to close with a bold prediction there. I. I... I don't know. You kind of were building up. I thought you were going to be like, and he's going to win this tournament. or <laughs> And know, he's going to play fairly well. <laughs> and he will continue to improve. Um, no, but he, he, one of the things, those people who are elite ball strikers, I think they have such high ceilings. And I think that's one of the things that's so intriguing about Cam Davis is that his ball striking is awesome. And so if he can put all the pieces together, it... He can go out there and he can win tournaments and he can win big tournaments too, potentially. Yeah, so. completely agree. Okay, moving down. Moving down. Someone who I actually think has the potential to win big tournaments, but uh, did not show it this week. Doc Redman uh, made the cut on the number and I was happy about it because I had pretty heavy exposure to him in DFS. <laughs> I want to say about 30, maybe 30%. Um, he shot, oh, I had it in front of me a second ago. Um, I want to say it was 74, 76 on the weekend, 76, 74, 76, 74, uh, to finish two over after making the cut at minus four. Um, I looked through a shot link, shot tracker data a bit. It was a bit of a mess. There was what looked like a good four putt at one point. There is quite a few Ooh. of those coming back after dropping it in uh, or putting oh, it into right. a hazard. Right. Uh, you never know so, like when you get those zigzaggies those on the zigzaggy. shot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, you know, Doc, he's my boy. Um, I, I, think he, I think we are going to see him break through. But, uh, you know, I was saying with Cam Davis, it was, it was not too long ago at the Houston Open that he just had an ugly weekend and uh, finished last of the guys that made the cut. Doc Redmond, maybe he had that weekend and uh, he's going to bounce back here. But um, I thought, uh, you know, yeah, just disappointing stock down. Yeah, so, still young. So he, got, he had his uh, USM win at Riviera, right? Ooh. Interesting. A little bold, bold prediction. Bold prediction. <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I've done some one and done research over the past couple of weeks and oh. uh, Riviera is coming up. Sure. <laughs> You know, I've just been copying your one and done picks the last few weeks. I don't know why I just didn't do it again this week. Yeah, that's just Overthought like the first it. week Overthought in like it. three or four weeks you've swerved from me. 
<laughs> All right, Kevin, who do you got moving up? All right, for me, moving up was Francesco Molinari. He, uh, he ended like up it. finishing in a, what was it, tie for 16? No, tie for 8th. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shot a 69-66, 69-70. And, and really, this was just, you know... A solid performance from him. Um, I I was watching your guys' live stream last night where you mentioned him. Um, I, I think that was in the live stream, wasn't it? For, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah for may, maybe it wasn't the the best uh, play today, but you know, one of the things he did. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it wasn't the best mention of him, and I was like, I tried to make a good point. <laughs> you know, he, <laughs> he did have strange. a double and one other bogey today, so that's always gonna kind of on a course like this where you just got It's a it's a sprint. Yeah. Um, that's gonna hurt. But one of the things you guys did mention was how high you felt his floor was. Um, and I think kind of he proved that today by still shooting, you know, 200 par despite those mistakes. Yeah. Um, and I, I found myself very much agreeing with you guys that he does have a high floor. Um, this is a good, we haven't seen a lot of them. It took a big break during, uh, during the COVID break and, yeah, and right. even, even beyond that. Um, but one of the like last kind of, professional golfers to, start playing like to yeah, return to golf totally. to the point where there's even people kind of asking questions of if he was going to keep playing or and was there something know. going on yeah, yeah and, and right. i yeah. think he he just you know rightfully so just said he's it's between him and his family and he, he was spending time with his family and uh anyway it looks like his game's kind of coming around and he is somebody who i would look at as a high floor guy um who i i don't know if he's ready to take the jump into the winner's circle or not, but he's somebody that, you know, I think could safely fill out a roster if you're looking for six guys to get through to make the cut anyways. I um, mean, going back to his open when he, he did, I always think of, when I think of Molinari, I think of limiting mistakes and yeah, that didn't happen at Augusta when he was in contention, but that open win, he just wasn't making any bogeys. Like he found mm-hmm. a way to go up and down or to scramble or do it. But I just want to, I do want to, I mean, point one thing out to Craig. He he was calling me out because he was in our sleepers, and Craig said, "I said he's a he's in California now. He relocated with his family." And Craig said, "Well, Bay Area is a long way from." Is he in the Bay Palm Area? Springs. I don't think he's in the Bay Area, man. I think he's in the greater Lo- Los Angeles area. So, because oh, I, I thought I when, broadcast, I thought he was getting flack for the PGA Championship for not playing there because it was really uh, close to where he. Um, where he had moved. But I, I think that, you know, that whole moving to California thing, I think it'll be interesting in terms of how much we will see him. You know, like he, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but he was not one of these Europeans who was playing sort of full-time schedule or close to full-time schedule was. on the on the no. PGA Tour. So uh, I think we'll get to see him in a lot of tournaments we haven't seen him at before. Um, and it'll just be interesting to see over the course of the season what we get from him uh, on, you know, American soil. So, Adam, and just as an aside, how you said he he wasn't able to avoid the mistakes at Augusta, he did avoid mistakes at Augusta up until the yeah. 12th hole on uh, big one. And, yeah. well, 12, like, the 12th first and then 15, because he was making pars from everywhere. And it looked like it, yeah. that's why he was out in front and it looked like it was his for the taking because he was he was getting up and down from everywhere. It's like he couldn't not make a par and, and finally you know there's a couple mistakes and it but. was like 15 where he clipped the last single yeah. leaf possible yeah. on this tree like all right yeah. okay moving down who do you got moving down you know i i didn't i you know i hate taking shots at these guys so i i decided <laughs> to choose someone who i know can take it um <laughs> phil, yeah. phil mickelson is moving down for me he was it last year that he was in the in the final group um and adam long prevailed 
at this tournament? I'm not entirely sure. No, I know he has a good hit. This was Andrew Andrew Landry. Okay, so it must have been a couple years. Anyway, um, you know this is a this is one that Phil's always at. This week he was seventy four seventy six, I believe. No, he's seventy four seventy two. This, yeah, yeah. So anyway, he missed the cut by six. He was never in it. Like I know there's a lot of nostalgia for Phil, but the way his game is right now, unless you're just taking a, you're getting great odds, which you won't get because of the name. Um, he's just somebody I can't back right now, like at all, until he maybe in a uh, Champions Tour event because yeah. he. Well, there's a lot of hype about but... him being the first player in a while to win in his 50s, and I'm not seeing it. You know, like I'm not seeing him having winning. It, it, I mean, it has been only two years, I think, since his last win, but he it just it does not look like he has winning winning game out there right now. Yeah, you know he's unbelievably talented and he could pop at any time but he really to put a full four round week together at this point seems like it's a bit of a stretch although did you see the auto did he oh sorry what's this or like the auto tune i don't even know what you call it but like those um songs where they like take all the little tiny clips and make it into a thing about him hitting bombs oh it's a good one i it was on uh (laughs) On golf TV in the pre-coverage, pre-broadcast coverage on, I want to say Thursday morning, maybe. Um, I'll, I'll try to track down the video and, and get you guys a link. Well, did you guys hear about the stat about his 72? Oh, yeah. yeah. It was the first time in uh, 2,200 rounds. He went birdie-free, bogey-free, 18 pars. He's never done that, really? I think. Yeah. Like, ever. ever. Well, all his time ever. on the PGA Tour. <laughs> Wow, I didn't hear that. amount of rounds. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they're all, I think he's in the featured group, and they're like, here here comes a birdie. Here comes a birdie on 16. <laughs> and like, nope. And then, yeah. That's unbelievable from Phil. <laughs> I know. Oh. Well, Feel the bu- thrill no longer. No longer. Okay, moving up. Doug Gim for me. I have Doug Gim moving up. He had a T5 at the Amex. Our unofficial uh, boy. <laughs> best PGA Tour finish ever. Another guy like Cam Davis that we seem to be talking about every week in terms of DFS sleepers or picks or in some way. Um, I believe also, Craig, the runner-up to Doc Redman in the 2017 Am where Doc Redman hit everything in 17. Yeah, he was the runner out there. The one who was so, in the lead and then Redman came out of nowhere and stole it from him. So another guy, Riviera, maybe he's got some good good mojo there. But, I mean, he's just 24 years of age. I think he's really coming into his own in 2021. In the last eight events, he has five top 25s. So, like, really, really steady, strong finishes. I think this is his first time cracking the top 10. He got a T5 here. So, good young player. Yep, I, I mean, it's a clear stock up if you weren't already as high on him as I was. Like, to me, he's a top 10 player in the world. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, we've been talking about him a lot. Uh, nice, to, nice to see the result on, uh, you know, at the end of the tournament. Yeah, yeah, it was nice to actually see him on the coverage because he does yeah. talk about him so much. That, uh, it was nice to put a face to a name, you know? <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Okay, moving down, I got Justin Thomas going back to Abu Dhabi. He missed the cut, guys. He missed the cut. I mean, there's some great players there, but I think you could argue that it's not the same depth of talent as as a major kind of PGA event. Even though it's a Rolex series, I I don't think that necessarily has the same depth of talent. And he missed the cut there. Um, 
diving a little bit deeper, I know he's had a kind of crazy couple of weeks and we touched on him last week, but just looking at his golf stats on the European tour website, he was fifth in strokesing T to green. I was going to say his putter was ugly. 131st in strokesing putting. He had 63 putts across two rounds. Wow. That's 31.5 per round or 1.75 putts per hole. Yeah. Averaging like there's, I don't know the last time he's done that. Like maybe when he's a junior golfer, like at 12 years old, that's And that's not even like per green in regulation. Like sometimes you'll see a 1.6, 1.7 per green in regulation, but that's, you know, the, yeah, that's an ugly number. Yeah. A very ugly number. Okay. But I think think that also shows that like golf is not one of these things where you can just show up and get by on like talent. Like it, you need to perform every week. And and I think it also shows how like the absurd ability for some of these guys to compete every week, yeah. um, we take for granted. Yeah. So a, a lot going on in his, in his life, obviously, I think it's the first time he played in the middle East. And it's actually the third time I want to say that he's played a European tour event. The other two were directly prior to the open championship, the Scottish open or whichever it was right yeah. before the open championship. Yeah. yeah. So did it, just didn't come together. I think he missed a cut on the number two, but that's just the caliber of player he is. Yeah. Okay, Craig, are we climbing onto your Sunday soapbox today or are we pushing that aside and leaving that well, another week? I mean, we're going good, bad, and ugly, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily a Sunday soapbox. I like okay. I like to really reserve the Sunday soapbox for when I'm <laughs> when I'm really gonna rant about something. And you're really riled up, eh? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm going simple here. To me, it's pretty natural. We had three players in our final group. It just felt too easy to lump them into three of these categories. Uh, I don't want to beat it to death because we've talked about all, each of these quite a bit. Uh, the good, obviously, Siwoo Kim went out there, took care of his business. Minus eight from the leading group. I mean, sleeping on the lead and sh- going out there and shooting a 64, I think, is just great. You, you yeah. Majority of the time, unless a Patrick Cantley goes out there and shoots a 59, you're going to take down the tournament. Um, yeah. So, yeah, bad. I know how much you guys love to make fun of me for how i'm categorizing this so i'll try to keep it simple bad i think is tony finau um it just it it was uninspired i guess uh yeah right it it looked early on that like he was going to be the person to beat today and uh it just didn't happen um he needs to do better than that if he's gonna go into a a, you know sleep on a 54 hole lead and take it down uh and then the ugly Max Homa, um, I think, what was it? It ended up being 76. Um, I think so, yeah, four over. Which, yeah, that's going to be one that, uh, that'll keep him, um, keep him up at night for a long time to come because you don't have a lot of opportunities when, to have a 54-hole lead. And, um, it, you know, I, I think they did a decent job covering it on the broadcast that he was putting himself in a position where he was not putting himself in a position to score and making it... You know, his misses were putting himself in positions to make further misses, which right. um, it just does not lead to, to uh, first off, it doesn't lead to... Any scoring. Yeah, it doesn't lead to scoring golf, and that's ultimately what yeah. it was. So mm-hmm. uh, it's an ugly one, and let's hope we don't see it again. Yep. I, I think that one kind of wrote itself that week, Craig. I have no problems <laughs> yeah. or issues with it. I think the final group just kind of wrote that perfectly for you. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well Kev, done. I think this was our uh, first week in 2021 of a full golf schedule what, what else happened out there a full docket yeah so i was really into this after about you know 
six holes of the final round uh, at uh, in the desert there today. <laughs> I was pretty much tuning that out. Um, the LPGA had their Diamond Resorts Tournament of Champions, and Jessica Corda won in a playoff over Daniel Kang. Um, so let me give you a little background here. Uh, Jessica Corda yesterday on Saturday went out and shot a 60 with a back nine 28 on a Oof. par 37. So she made seven birdies, wow. one eagle, and one par, which was a par five, actually. Um, so just an unbelievable round. She yeah. was still two back because Danielle King wow. hadn't made a bogey the whole tournament through three rounds. She had shot, uh, I think it was, she had shot 64, 65, 63, with wow. kind of little preparation. She had had a, a few issues with COVID over the holidays. Um, a couple times she had to quarantine herself and um, due to exposure risks and, and wasn't her game wasn't necessarily where she wanted it to be. Yeah, she was in. not playing well at the US Open. Yeah. Um, so I don't think at the... Um, she, she, didn't, she said she didn't really feel that prepared coming into it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, goes out, shoots 64, 65, 63, bogey-free, didn't make a bogey until the 15th hole on Sunday. Followed it with a birdie, of course. Um, <laughs> shot a 68, so she only had one bogey on the week. Wow. Um, they both were at minus 24 in, to, to get into the playoff. And, uh, you know, Corda made a 25-foot birdie putt on the first playoff hole and, and took it down. But, I mean, that is exceptional wow. golf. That is golf at the highest level. Um uh, some other so, yeah, notes. We, uh, Nellie Corda, Jessica's younger sister, was third, and she and they was, were all in the final group together. They were all in the final group together, so that was pretty cool. They're, they looked shockingly similar. Do you ever <laughs> feel like like, or do you think um, Danielle Kang kind of feels like she was like outnumbered? Like, man, like I'm playing. I got both of <laughs> yeah. them here. I got. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, she can hold her own. It, it seems yeah, like yeah. so. Um, anyway, just like exceptional golf. Just the the kind of golf where. It, it makes you – I like to pay attention to the LPGA anyways, like I know you guys do. Um, mm-hmm. But it, it just proves what a great product they have on that tour and, and why it's worth tuning into it whenever you can. I know they don't always get the best time slots and things like that, but, um, you know, it's fantastic golf that they're playing over there. And, you know, the Corda sisters now, it, yeah. you can't help but draw parallels to, like, the Williams sisters there. It's it's amazing mm-hmm. to have sisters at such an elite level in the same sport competing against each other. For sure. Um, so there's a lot of cool storylines. Danielle King seems like she is has taken her game to the next level over the past, you know, year or so. And um, the other thing that's interesting about all these players, they're all Americans. You know, they don't necessarily... Um, I, I I heard on on some pre uh, coverage talk that there's often one American uh, female golfer that they kind of say is is the face of golf for the states right. and right. and right now they kind of have a contingent of these players that maybe they can continue to compete at the elite level with the best of the best. Um, so it'll be interesting. There's a lot of storylines developing on that tour. I think one of the other um, thing about. Um this week that uh, I forget where I had, had saw this, but in, in one of the um, teasers for the Sunday round today, uh, it was showing Danielle King and Jessica Corda uh, in their 2010 U S women's amateur. Um, and mm. Danielle King took her down, took uh, beat Corda with uh, 
two two and one. So um, nice to see maybe a little bit of revenge for uh, yeah. for Jessica Corda this well, week. Well, she was and pumped. they get paid. So I don't know. You, you want the trophy for the amateur? <laughs> do you want the paycheck? Yeah. You know, uh, another point. Jessica Jessica made birdied four of her last six to kind of close the gap at the end there. So there's definitely wow. a little bit of match play dueling going on. No kidding. Um, and she showed some emotion when she made that putt too, which was oh, in, the, was in the playoff. In the playoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, it was it was a great event. Uh, very exciting and and. You know, I'm definitely going to be paying more attention to that tour. So, who had the better round of golf this weekend? Was it Patrick Cantley, 61 at PGA West, or was it Corda? Oh, Corda. all right, I couldn't I'm even saying, finish a question. No, I was. I couldn't believe that Corda didn't make it into the three stars this week. I, I didn't want to make a big thing of it there, but you know, when you're doing it, I didn't want to take away from your presentation. But I mean, come oh, on, I got my I mean, I mean, Mister Hoodie, and if, I got Siwoo. Come on, man. If Cantley <laughs> goes out there and shoots stars. a 60, we're in a playoff all of a sudden. So. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then a little bit less exciting, but still worth mentioning. Darren Clark won on the PGA Tour Champions at the Mitsubishi Electric Championship, uh, which was their Hawaii event. Um, right. I, I chose not to mention where they were at there because I can never pronounce it. Hualalai. 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 North of Kona, <laughs> south of Waikoloa. It's I just north say. of the airport. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he shot a final round 66 to win by two over Retief Goosen. Uh, and for Clark, this is uh, last two starts were two wins. So he's kind of found his game on the Champions Tour there, and he's going to looking to be a bit of a force up there. So yeah. Another tour that's really interesting to follow right now, and I think it's going to be like continue as these guys, these kind of stars that we knew them yeah in i was gonna say it for us because now they're finally people that we yeah, know who's exactly there, yeah yeah, yeah. Um, you know when you're changing in that age group that you... it is it still is funny to me though when i when i watch them hit a shot and then you know if it's a good shot today darren clark was smiling and he hops in the cart yeah yeah <laughs> I, I do find that a little bit funny it's like babe how do you not know who retief goosen is come on <laughs> yeah come on yeah Anyway, that's hey, about so all I got for my uh, my insights there for this week. Coming up uh, next week. Well, for I think the... before coming up, I mean, you yeah. touched on it briefly on the you know the three stars trail Hatton, um, but over in Abu Dhabi, uh, any thoughts on Rory? Um, well, I mean, you mentioned it with Finau, but I would say uninspired is a good word. You'd you'd think that the you know arguably the best player in the world. He's he's top five perennial top five yeah you'd think he'd at least be putting some heat on you know he's in the final group um he went in he was the 54 hole leader yeah you know you'd think he'd at least have uh something to say about the end result but he really didn't and it was i think he made a bogey on the eighth hole which was a par five um just kind of sloppy i think he went right off the tee pitched out into the trap short bad bunker shot and and made a bogey, you know, like like a bogey we would make on a par five kind of thing, a sloppy one. Um, oh, that I kind would of find ways to turn that into a double. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, are we going triple bogey here or double par? <laughs> triple guys? triple max, or <laughs> um, yeah, pretty uninspired from Rory. I'd, I'd, you'd certainly I, like to see more. 
And also Tommy Fleetwood. I, I thought he was going to make some noise after, uh, you know, he sort of had the short end of the draw uh, in terms of the yeah. wind on, well, on Thursday. Um, although it did even out, I, it I think. Flipped. It flipped. Yeah. You know what? Yeah. I, you know, as I mentioned this, Rory is actually now seventh in the world and Hatton has leapfrogged him and he's into fifth. So there you wow. go. There you go. Maybe it's, maybe it's Hatton in the driver's seat from now on. Yeah, I mean, it's shaping up to be a pretty freaking wow. good Ryder Cup, though, I think. I think Hatton is the one of the last guys you would want to um, face in, in match play format. Well, and you, you know what's interesting? They pointed out that Hatton actually did mention the Ryder Cup in his yeah. post-round comments. which you, He wants you don't to, get it. He wants to see... secure that spot as soon as possible. Yeah, you I don't... love that. You don't usually it. hear that from, you know, the American players, which is just a different kind of perspective. But um, I love hearing that. I loved yeah. it, too. Man, Patton just seems like a bull to me. I don't know why. He just seems like a... I don't know. I would not want to face him. Like, he... I don't know. He's just like... He's, that, I would be intimidated, I feel like, with him. I'd be intimidated by everybody. But, like, Patton, I don't know. It's just like... He's just so solid. Like, he's a bull. He just gets it done. You know, I think I, he, he, he comes off as one of those people that, like... He's not going to be afraid to say something that might cause you a little bit of offense and cause you to get rattled. Um, but like, you know, like whatever it is, what it is, back it up with your play. Like, you know, like that type yeah. of person who, um, yeah, I so, would not I would not want to be playing a money match with. I have to also <laughs> point out that, you know, I was watching some pre, pre-coverage on the Golf Channel today and, and they were showing um, some of the highlights because obviously I didn't get a chance to watch it live. And I forget what hole it was, but on a par three with water right flag on the right side of the green, he hit a hit a great shot and ended up making a two, a par three. And uh, they, you know, they're like, that's a an aggressive shot. But one of the beautiful things about the European tour is the coverage and. Mm-hmm. Within the round, they have the boom mics out there, and they're following I the players. I think that is one of the best things. They're interviewing them. Like I think it was the next tee, and he said he was saying, "Oh yeah, that was a block. I blocked that right for sure." Uh, <laughs> he's like, "I'm wearing the wrong color pants to be doing things like that." Makes go down. He's wearing white pants. Like it's great. It makes for just absolutely great coverage. And I yeah. don't know why they couldn't do the same sort of thing, um, you know, this side of the pond. But that's. I the mean, coverage is, is amazing it's week so in better. week out it really is yeah yeah i actually have it recorded i, I didn't get a chance to watch it today um but in terms of a product like a, a media entertainment product it's just so far away uh, far and away beyond what the pga is putting out right now except yeah. for the communication with withdrawals i i yeah i had beef in my lineup because he was on the right side of the wind draw i'm like okay oh, beef you're, you're kind of my last guy into the dfs lineup let's get it done let's get to the weekend and then I wake up because I'm excited about European tour golf. So I wake up at four. So I'm scrolling on my phone. Like where's beef? What's he doing? He's not anywhere to be found. Um, that's frustrating because they have such they have so many other great things going for them. And I yeah. think that's been especially noticeable in these Middle East. Um, I, I can't remember yeah. if it was the same as as much of a problem when they were in South Africa. But I, I think maybe you know with COVID and everything, maybe they don't have the same teams traveling. Um, outside of the European continent that they normally do. And so right. it, mm-hmm. it could all be impacted by that. But I, yeah. I do agree. It has been a little bit harder to get just those those sort of nuts and bolts type updates. Yeah, um, yeah. As opposed to more of the, the media um, entertainment aspect of it. Basic communication person that gives updates. Like PGA has a separate account, PGA Tour comms, and they just give basic stat kind of in and out 
that type information. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wish it was closer to us so I could watch more of it. That's that's my one takeaway from Abu Dhabi, and I'm sure Dubai, and I'm sure Saudi Arabia as well. That this gonna have to tape it and watch I it was after. Gonna say, but... Just use that PVR. It's just the problem is find enough time in the day to get all this golf watching it. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem. <laughs> Uh, so next week we've got the Omega Dubai Desert Classic. Uh, of note, Morikawa is heading over to Dubai for that one. We also have Farmers Insurance at Torrey Pines North and South. Yeah, South just North. on that Dubai Desert Classic too. Like yeah. in addition to Morikawa, uh, we've got World Number Five, Terrell Hatton again. Um, so like uh, just a, a really good field beyond Morikawa. I think uh, sixteen uh, by last count. This was before we got today's results in, but sixteen of the top sixty. Uh, are playing so it's it's a strong field um Hatton Fitzpatrick Fleetwood Paul Casey is making the trip back over uh who we saw good play from I don't know if we mentioned him yet this week but um he he was another one who top 10 um yeah Victor Perez Kanai is making his first European tour start former world number one for 55 that would be very exciting to watch yeah Jordan Trey Shaper is coming out to play and Sebastian Hazelay I think it's it's Shoper isn't it didn't we didn't we already have Shoper, Shoper, I call him Trey. I think he likes that. Oh, okay, gotcha. <laughs> what is he? He's nineteen years old. Yeah, he probably does. Yeah, uh, yeah. It great field, great field. Um, and then yeah, Farmers Insurance, Torrey Pines North and South. Obviously, U.S. Open this year is at Torrey Pines South. Anything you guys are looking at? I think we got a pretty good field there as well. I was yeah, talking. I think, I think the about this is up with a little you. bit from this week. So I was, you know. I'm going to focus a little bit more on my one-and-done pick. I think this just... is also the first tournament of the year that actually makes it to um, regular broadcast TV, uh, which is also okay. why the purse is up a bit. Um, did we ever find out it is both courses? Uh, do they play the North Course I once and then South Corey Course Pines three? North on Thursday, Friday, and then they go to South for okay. Saturday, Sunday. We'll, we'll, we'll look into that, and we'll definitely, for our preview shows this week, we'll definitely yeah. let you guys know. Um but yeah, it's definitely one that I'm going to be paying a little bit more attention to just because of the U.S. Open. Uh, I mean, I feel like it's it's sort of the biggest tournament thus far through the year as well um, in terms of, uh, you know, purse. Um, and yeah. But especially so this year with the U.S. Open being there. I think and, you could... Yeah. Go ahead, Kev. I'm, well, I'm I was just going to say, here. you know, I think we're going to see what happens here. Adam's so high up on that horse right now that there's really nowhere to to come but down. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of, I'm getting dragged behind the horse, I feel like, after this week. So I gotta, I gotta try to pull myself up a little bit there. And Greg, Greg maybe is holding on to the tail. I don't know what he's doing. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, now that you're not wearing that crown anymore, it it doesn't feel so heavy. It's a little free. You can make those picks. You know, I I got a load off here. So I'll be picking free. Give me a break. <laughs> um, one thing we didn't mention, uh, Tiger Woods, uh, another back surgery. It sounded right. like it was a while, about a month ago now, um, and uh, recovery thus far has been good and is on track. I don't know. Um, definitely out through, I think, the Genesis. Yeah, he, um, he won't be playing the Genesis, which is the one he hosts. Um, so, you know, he, he's targeting the Masters return. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe he would try to play a tune-up. Who knows? Depending on how he feels, um, it's so many, so many question marks at this point. 
I mean, a, a back surgery for Tiger is just like an oil change at this point. It's just it's some routine things you got to do to yeah, get his, to keep his it. fifth. I mean, how many times can you, can you go through that? Can a body go through that? So, you know, just hoping that he gets back out there. Um, yeah, got, uh, kind Masters of, for, will for definitely a, be a, a lot more exciting if he's there. For a Tiger fan, you just, you, got, you just got to take every start you can get right now and, and appreciate, you know, that he's out there. I'm going to plant a little seed in your guys' head for to get in your head for Farmers Insurance. Looking back, doing quick counting, I think five of the last seven years, maybe six of the last eight, an Aussie has either won or come second. I mean, Leishman, Day won twice. Scott was a runner-up. Day and Leishman have been runner-ups. Cam Davis. Cameron Davis, baby. <laughs> I don't know. Seems like he's trending in the right direction. Early look. I also did see, I think on Twitter, a video of Adam Scott lifting weights. So, man, that guy is good to go to. <laughs> I don't even know if he's for? in the field, to be honest. But <laughs> I feel like he's too much of an old school athlete to be doing that. <laughs> um, I, don't know. I think Craig's just given us a bit of an insight into what kind of Twitter follows he's got. <laughs> <laughs> hey. <Yeah. laughs> All good, man. Well, thank you everybody for listening to the podcast. Make sure <laughs> That's to... a good, good, good place. To uh, end we'll it. leave it there. We'll leave it there. Uh, leave us five stars. Leave us a review. We'll uh, talk about reviews on upcoming shows. Uh, make sure to catch our stuff on YouTube. Grandstand Golf is where you can find that. Subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow us on Twitter for our pick sheet every Wednesday and everything else that we put out uh, at Grandstand Golf on Twitter. Anything else to add there, guys? Nope. It nope. sounds Just like you hit Looking forward to another exciting week. (laughs) All right. Take care, everybody. Take care, guys. We'll see you next time.